Mark Cuban. Going against the norm and, and looking for people who had great ideas is, is really what I look for as opposed to individuals mentoring me. David Stern. Thank you. Those are very kind and generous words. I greatly appreciate them and thanks for having me on. Jeannie Bus. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. It's good to see everybody. Chris Everett. It was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Damian Lillard. That was for Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Maria Taylor. Oh, thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. And your preparation shows you. Tim Howard. Well, I appreciate you saying I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Just to name a few. Welcome to Sports Business Radio. Now, here's Brian Berger. Well, happy holidays from all of us here at Sports Business Radio. Thanks for joining us on our year-end show. I can't believe the year 2019 has already flown by. What a great new open for Sports Business Radio, courtesy of our executive producer, Brian Griggs. Griggs, happy holidays. Same to you, and it was fun doing an open. It's always nice to, you know, brighten things up, change things up a little bit, you know. Make it pop and have some fun with it. So uh, thank you. I enjoyed it. Debuted that today, and that will run uh, through 2020. And uh, very excited about that. We're back from New York with our Sports Business Radio Roadshow presented by Boingo Show with NFL COO Marianne Turk. I was really impressed with her and what she had to say. She runs the business operations of the NFL. We learned so much. If you haven't listened to that podcast, I would recommend going back and listening to it. But Griggs, as always, in addition to a fun interview, uh, we had a good time in New York. Always. And it's fun this time of year, too, when you're watching Home Alone, all the movies of New York, and you're like, I was just there. I was just there. I've seen that tree. I've skated there. That's kind of fun. little skating at Central Park. Oh, yeah. We brought back some uh, bagels, candy canes. Pizza we had, of course. Yeah, pizza. Yeah. So we, we did our normal damage in New York. <laughs> Definitely. And it was good. Uh, on a serious note, and before we start our show with our top 10 uh, sports business stories of 2019, according to us and some input from our listeners, I do want to say a few words about my good friend, uh, NBA Commissioner Emeritus David Stern, just really heartbroken about his condition and the fact that he had to have emergency surgery after suffering a brain hemorrhage. He collapsed in New York City restaurant. Uh, I had traded some emails with his assistant, who's been his assistant for a long time, about getting together with him. When we were in New York and our schedules didn't match up, unfortunately, but he has been like a mentor to me and he was the first guest on Sports Business Radio. He was on stage with me at Sports PR Summit this past May. I have nothing but the utmost of respect for former Commissioner Stern and just prayers for him and for his family and for his recovery. I know uh, it's going to be a long road back for him. But uh, really thinking about him this holiday season, and uh, I would ask you to keep Commissioner Stern in your prayers as well. All right, when we come back, we're going to count down the top 10 sports business stories of 2019. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. When it comes to stadiums and arenas, every sports pro knows wireless wins. And when it comes to the best wireless technology for your venue, look no further than Boingo Wireless. Boingo is the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S., providing state-of-the-art Wi-Fi and cellular services that power amazing fan experiences. And Boingo makes keeping your stadium connected easy today and in the future. Thinking about 5G? Boingo's expert team helps you carry the ball through a complex technology landscape to deliver wireless solutions that will delight fans and deepen loyalty season after season. Here's another kicker. 
Boingo is simply the best connected experience for your business. With Boingo, stadiums and arenas enjoy unique operating efficiencies, revenue opportunities, and digital insights into their fan base. That's a win-win. Boingo works with major league sports venues like Soldier Field, Vivint Smart Home Arena, State Farm Arena, and university stadiums like University of Louisville and K-State. Our thanks to Boingo for their continued support of Sports Business Radio. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports. If you would like more information on Boingo Wireless, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. We are back and we're counting down the top 10 stories of 2019 in sports business. Let's start with number 10. I felt like we talked about this for the first seven months of 2019 yep. NBA free agency. And that's one of the things about the NBA, NBA Twitter, uh, constant speculation about where's Anthony Davis going to go? Where's Kevin Durant going to go? Where's Kyrie Irving going to go? Where's Clay Thompson going to go? Jimmy Butler, the list went on and on of players that could uh, change uniforms in the NBA. And Griggs, there was a lot of off-season movement, but check this out. $3.4 billion, not million, billion dollars was spent on new contracts this NBA free agency offseason. Average contact contract was worth $11.8 million. And we did see Kawhi Leonard go to the Clippers. We did see Kevin Durant go from the Warriors to the Nets, where he's sitting out this season. Kyrie Irving went from the Celtics to the Nets. Anthony Davis went from the Pelicans to the Lakers. And Jimmy Butler went to... Uh, the Miami Heat, who are having a really good season. Clay Thompson re-signed with the Warriors. Uh, and then Damian Lillard, who stayed with the Blazers, and he joined us this summer in one of our best interviews of the year, which we'll talk about later. He signed a four-year, $191 million Supermax extension. And this was noteworthy, Griggs, because he becomes, at this point, the first player in NBA history to have a contract that will pay him more than $50 million in a single season. That's crazy. And, you know, we've talked so many times about the TV money that's going to come in, the streaming money that's going to come in, but we're seeing contracts now that are north of $50 million in a season Wow. It's crazy. And it just keeps growing. I mean, you know, this in 2020, I'm sure there's going to be more that are going to be, you know, further deep down the million dollar range than that. It's just crazy how much it's changed and how much money there is in sports. And like you said, we've talked a lot this year about the streaming, too. And I think there's a lot of money coming in that. There's the betting and the online betting now that's available. And I mean, there's so much more potential for money on these sports leagues that it's going to just keep getting bigger. Well, I think one of the things that makes the NBA fun to follow year round is the player movement. There's so much player movement. In a lot of other leagues, there's not this kind of player movement. So your team could instantly acquire someone who's a difference maker. Look at the Lakers. Lakers, not very good last year. Very disappointing. They go out and get Anthony Davis, and wow, they are now a championship contender. They're playing great. The culture of their organization has totally changed. Oh, guess what? All of a sudden... Jeannie Buss and Rob Polinka do know what they're doing. <laughs> Isn't that amazing how that works out? <laughs> when we were there in April, people think they're schmucks. Yep. And now they're genius. It's just so funny how one move can change the tone of an organization. And guess what? They knew what they were doing all along. Sometimes it's not so easy to go out and get a superstar, the caliber of Anthony Davis, and get him into the fold in 
Los Angeles. Kevin Durant was really the player that we talked about the most as far as is he going to leave the Warriors? Because if he stayed on that Warriors team, Griggs, now you're talking about the potential for the greatest team of all time. A team that had gone to the finals five years in a row would have been lined up for finals runs for at least the next few years. Obviously, Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson got hurt against the Toronto Raptors in the finals. That changed the course of history. They didn't win. Toronto does win. KD leaves. You know, now you, you look back and you go, what could have been yeah. if that group had stayed together? But it also makes it interesting because the Warriors had been so dominant that if you're an NBA fan, you go, okay, kind of nice to see some other teams like the Lakers and the Clippers and the Celtics and the Heat and others have a chance to, to win the title because for so long, it was kind of a foregone conclusion that the Warriors were going to win at the end of the year. Yeah, and it, it, like you said, it's nice to have different different teams in the mix, you know. And, and the Lakers, we knew they're too much of a good market, and ownership's good. That at some point they're going to be back, and here they are back. But it, you're right; it's the winning culture. It's when you win, everybody's happy, everybody's geniuses. When you lose, not so much. I mean, you got and, and just the Warriors. You've seen frustration with Draymond on the court, right. yelling at people. It, it's just it's funny how it, how the culture can change when that losing record starts to add up. Yeah. But the 10th biggest story of 2019, in our opinion, was that wild NBA offseason. $3.4 billion in new contracts signed, a lot of player movement, and the first $50 million a year contract signed by Damian Lillard. Our ninth biggest sports business story for the year 2019, the growth of CBD in sports. Griggs, I get a lot of pitches and press releases, and can we have this person on your show? And I'd have to say... The category I got more pitches about this year was from PR people saying, can I have my athlete on Sports Business Radio to discuss their investment in a CBD or cannabis company? And it is growing by leaps and bounds. By the year 2024, some experts say the CBD market could reach $20 billion in sales. So you've got that. You've got the fact that this is really interesting. Check this stat out. Of the 123 teams across Major League Baseball, the NBA, the NHL, and NFL, 45 play in states or provinces where recreational marijuana is now legal. That's 36.6%. Another 56 play in jurisdictions where medical marijuana is legal, 45%. That's a whopping 82% of teams that are playing in areas where their employers can legally purchase either medicinal or recreational marijuana. You combine that, Griggs, with the fact that the NHL, which had already said marijuana was legal in their league, now the big news, Major League Baseball, this month, December, they also announced they have reached an agreement with the Major League Baseball Players Association to remove marijuana from the list of banned substances, and they'll begin to treat its consumption by players in the same way that alcohol use is handled. So what does this do? I think it opens the doors for NBA and NFL to also say they're going to remove marijuana from the list of banned substances. Major League Baseball is still going to test for opioids, cocaine, uh, and other substances, but this now really opens the use of marijuana for recovery. And that's what players have wanted for a long time, Griggs. We had Lofa Tatupu on our show this year, former USC player, former NFL player, who talked about 
the uh, use of Zone In and his product and how it has helped him post-career have a clearer mind. He feels like he's in a better place. But these athletes don't want to turn to opioids. They don't want to turn to painkillers. They would rather use marijuana and CBD to recover from their aches and pains and injuries and uh, just to be sharper. So I think this market is going to grow by leaps and bounds, especially if NBA and NFL add this like Major League Baseball and uh, NHL has. Yeah, this is another one that's exciting to watch in 2020 because it's going to keep growing. And look, I mean, there's money in it because this stuff works. I mean, we've had, like you said, Lofa and many other athletes you've read stories about, hey, my aches and pains are gone when I take this stuff or use the oil or whatever it is because it works. And it's, you know, it's not like you said, it's not an opioid. It's not something that's manufactured. It's a natural product. So it's like, it's, it's cool that you're, you know, it's using something that's not going to damage you, at least as far as we've seen with studies. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty clean and clear. So yeah, I think the big one will be NFL, NBA, especially NBA, I think, because I think a lot of those players would use it to, uh, to just recuperate and get better. Well, the other thing too, and Lofa Tatupu brought up a good point. He said, we have to get rid of the stoner stigma. And it doesn't stone you out of your mind. And, you know, it has very little, if any, THC in it, which is kind of the, you know. Makes uh, you high stuff. Yeah, yeah. it makes you high stuff. <laughs> so uh, I think it's going to become more mainstream. You've got athletes like Lofa and Rob Gronkowski and many others who have tied their names to CBD and cannabis companies. So uh, this is going to be a growing area. Like we said, could reach $20 billion by 2024, according to some experts. So the growth of CBD in sports, you know, people talk about esports and they talk about streaming and they talk about what are going to be the biggest growth areas of sports in the next three to five years. Add CBD to the list. Yeah, for sure. All right. Our eighth biggest story of 2019. This was one of my favorite moments in the last several years, for sure. Tiger Woods wins the Masters on April 14th, 2019, at Augusta. Griggs, he wins his 15th major. He finished at 13 under par to win by one stroke over Dustin Johnson uh, and Brooks Kapka. He hugged his son and daughter as he's stepping off the course, and CBS did such a great job of showing that picture in the present with Tiger, young Tiger, winning his first Masters and embracing his dad at Augusta when he won there. And his dad is no longer with us. So it was a very emotional moment. But what a year for Tiger Woods because I'll put my, I'll raise my hand. I had said on the show, I think Tiger has won his last major. I didn't think he had another major in him. Um, he had battled so many things personally. Obviously, he had injuries with his back. He had substance addiction issues. He just wasn't in a good place, and it wasn't that long ago. So when you saw him win uh, a PGA Tour event at the end of 2018, we thought, wow, maybe he does have one more in him. And sure enough, he won the Masters, and he's had so much success at the Masters. But now, you know, he's still three short of Jack Nicklaus. But he's climbing up the list of PGA Tour all-time victories and could overtake Sam Snead. But, you know, his he led the uh, U.S. team to President's Cup win when they were down. And it just, it was a really great year for Tiger. And when Tiger is clicking, golf 
matters. Oh man, it was definitely my <clears throat> highlight of the year, sports wise. Watching him, it's just that the Masters we've talked about before is magical, anyways. And when Tiger's in contention, it is beyond fun. I mean, it's just having him walk up that last, you know, the last nine holes and up the eighteen, and it's just it was such a cool moment. And I was excited for him. And like you said, I mean, the PGA does wonderful when Tiger is in contention and playing well. So uh, it's it's must see TV. So I was very excited to see him win and how he did it was pretty cool and very emotional at the end too, which was awesome. Well, and if you go back and listen to our recap of the Masters from earlier in the year in real time, CBS had some of its best ratings in years because everyone gathers around the TV. And the thing that was cool, if you remember, all the non-golf athletes that gathered around Twitter, the campfire that is Twitter, and weighed in on what a special moment this was, not just for golf, but for sports. And... You know, as we've said on the show for many years, Tiger Woods is someone my mom knows, someone your grandma knows, someone your sister or your brother knows. He transcends sports. So when people heard, oh my gosh, it's Sunday, Tiger's wearing his trademark red and he's in the mix at the Masters, everyone was rooting for Tiger. Everyone had to find their TV or mobile device to watch what was going on. And it was just one of those rare moments where Everything that's happening in the world stops and people gather around what's happening in sports. And at this point, it was Tiger Woods and it was something I'll never forget. And, uh, you know, I would be lying if I said I didn't shed a tear when I saw him embrace his kids. Oh, yeah, me too. And we're parents. Yeah. And, you know, how does that moment not just not touch you inside and and reach your, your heart? So it was cool. I think, you know, what we love to do in America is we love to build someone up, we love to tear them down, <laughs> and then we love to build them back up right. again. And that's exactly what happened here with Tiger Woods, yeah. right? He was yep. on top of the world. He was the greatest athlete in the world. Then we tore him down for many years. He had personal problems and made headlines for the wrong reasons, and he's never coming back to the level that he was at again. And... Then he reached the top of the mountain again and won the Masters. And the last thing I'll say on this is seeing him captain the President's Cup and seeing how much Justin uh, Thomas and Ricky Fowler and these younger guys loved playing with Tiger and how he was with them. Because the the rap on Tiger for so many years is he was a robot. He was too aloof. He wouldn't let you see who he really was. And... He wasn't relatable. And when you see him high-fiving with Justin Thomas and supporting some of the younger guys, Tiger was the guy that they had posters on their wall of when they were growing up. He was the guy who inspired them. So now for them, that's the great thing about golf. You could play with someone 25 years older than you, yeah. and you can be at pretty much the same level. And you know you you can't do that in the NFL or NBA or Major League Baseball for the most part, but you can in golf. And to see that uh, camaraderie that took place at President's Cup, that was a side of Tiger I hadn't really seen either, and and I liked it. Yeah, and I think Tiger, through all this, you know, going through the bad and the how low he was to coming back to where he is now, I think you just see the change in him. He smiles more, he laughs more, he interviews better with the press afterwards. He's he's just softened up a little bit, but yeah. he still has that intensity. But he's softened up a little bit, and I think that makes him more personable and more like he's re- he's more real now. All right, when we come back, we have our top seven sports business stories of 2019 to reveal. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. 
One word you wouldn't typically associate with a dress shirt is comfort. However, the folks over at Mizzen in Maine are changing this. Their shirts are incredibly comfortable. Mizzen in Maine makes dress shirts for men that fixes everything that's ever been wrong with shirts for so long. Their shirts breathe, stretch, and wick away moisture. It's like athletic wear disguised as a dress shirt, making them great for travel. They've taken the hassle out of looking great through wrinkle resistance and the ability to wash your shirts at home. No more last-minute ironing. No more after-work trips to the dry cleaner. It's a shirt that's worked for thousands of customers, including hundreds of professional athletes like J.J. Watt and Phil Mickelson. Head over to MizzenInMaine.com and use promo code SBR to get $10 off your dress shirt. That's MizzenInMaine.com, code SBR. I can tell you one thing. I'll be wearing Mizzen in Maine dress shirts at all future sports business radio road shows and sports PR summit events. I can't wait. We're back. Happy holidays from all of us here at Sports Business Radio. We have seven stories left on our list of the top 10 stories for 2019. Here we go. Number seven. There's two major league baseball scandals that are going to carry into 2020 and they're going to be big. And they kind of revealed themselves here in 2019. The first, the Houston Astros fired GM Brandon Taubin on October 24th after discovering that he lied to them about his expletive-filled tirade towards a group of female reporters after their American League pennant-clinching celebration. Officials initially said the Sports Illustrated article about Taubin was misleading and completely irresponsible. They refuted accounts that Taubman, in comments directed at the women, emphatically celebrated the signing of relief pitcher Robert Osuna, who had been suspended by Major League Baseball Commissioner Rob Manfred for violating the league's domestic violence policy. So this was a he said, she said, Griggs. Then reporters who were in the room, and this is what's crazy. You're in a locker room with cameras, microphones, and reporters. So for Brandon Taubman the then assistant GM of the Astros to think this was truly going to remain a he said, she said, and that there wouldn't be some documented evidence of (laughs) what was actually said. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Right. So, yes, that comes out. The other reporters in the room say, yes, he did unleash some expletives on female reporters. And it was inappropriate for anyone, but it's really inappropriate for a high-ranking sports executive, and it was totally immature, and it's a bad look for the Astros organization. So the Astros did, after several really failed attempts, uh, apologize to the reporter from Sports Illustrated and to Sports Illustrated and to the other people in the room. But this was only the tip of the iceberg for the Astros, because the Astros had this happen, then they lose seven games of the World Series to the D.C. Nationals. Then... A sign-stealing scandal <laughs> is unveiled, and Major League Baseball is now all in on investigating this. Yeah. They're combing through 70,000 email correspondences, telephone records, and they're going all the way back to the 2018 season. And there are coaches from the Astros that are now on other teams that are being interviewed. This has the ability to get real ugly for the Astros, is that a big fine? Is it a loss of draft picks? Uh, I don't know what it is, but if there is this scandal, you know, and we've seen this with Spygate and Deflategate, and 
you know, what's going on with the Patriots right now with yep. the Cincinnati Bengals video and these leagues crack down on teams who they think are cheating, but the Astros organization, while very successful on the field and for the most part likable players outside of Robert Osuna, uh, the front office is one botched thing after the other. And it could be a pretty rough year for the Astros come 2020. Yeah, it's uh, th- these stories are always interesting just to see. I get fascinated by how the leagues handle it. Like, yeah. how are these guys going to come out and fix quote fix this problem and hopefully get other people and other teams down the road to not do something like this? And it's always interesting, interesting for me just because every league handles it differently. I mean, we saw the Astros, their botched attempts at trying to apologize to the reporter. I right. mean, it's just like the PR nightmare. We've talked about that with your everything is on the record and the PR firm and everything. And it's just like, how are these people going to get out of this and learn from it? Or is that going to even happen? Is it going to be more of a disaster down the road? So tough year for the Astros, but it'll be interesting to see how it all ends up. As we always say, the cover-up is worse than the crime. Yeah. Just cooperate, tell the truth, right. take your medicine, and move on. And move on. <laughs> but if you cover it up, yeah. once those details come out, it's going to be ugly. And it's really interesting, according to reports, midway through the 2018 season, an American League manager telephoned the office of the commissioner in New York with his suspicion that the Astros were illegally stealing signs at Minute Maid Ballpark in Houston, and... The source said the manager had the same suspicion in 2017, but made the complaint in 2018 because he felt he finally had enough of it. So, again, are there going to be others that tell the same story? Are there going to be ex-Astros employees that go, you know what, I'm going to tell the truth. This was going on. Uh, we'll see what happens. The other thing that happened in Major League Baseball that was a big black eye and a tragedy is Angels pitcher. Tyler Skaggs was found dead in his hotel room on July 1st in Texas. He was only 27 years old. And you were like, wow, how could this young person die? And unfortunately, Griggs, in in sports, a lot of times we go to the worst place, right? Because you're like, he's 27, he's healthy. He was just seen out at dinner with his teammates unless there were drugs involved It's pretty unlikely that something else happened, right? So then, months later, it was discovered that Skaggs did have oxycodone, alcohol, uh, fentanyl in his system, some pretty heavy drugs. And this is where it could get ugly for the Angels in Major League Baseball, is we find out that the PR guy with the Angels was serving as the dope man. So he was... The go-between with the people he was buying drugs from and Tyler Skaggs. He was providing the drugs. And the dope man, the PR guy for the Angels, goes to the Angels reportedly at one point and says, get me out of the role of dope man. I don't want to be in this role anymore. And no one from the Angels took this seriously enough to say, okay, we need to investigate this further, find out what's going on here, and make sure this stops they kind of turned a blind eye to it. And if that's what is revealed as part of Major League Baseball's investigation, what kind of penalties are the Angels going to face? And the Angels, I have felt, they've made some good moves, but I almost feel like they're making these moves and overspending in order to offset the negative PR that's coming. So let's go get Joe Madden as our manager. Very likable. 
you know, was with the Angels for a long time, won a World Series with the Cubs. Let's go out and get Anthony Rendon, the biggest free agent, uh, everyday player on the market, and sign him for $245 million. But what happens if Major League Baseball at some point during the season says, you know what, we're banning the Angels from postseason play? Mm-hmm. Or we're doing something that's going to really hurt this franchise for a couple of years to penalize them for what happened here to show other teams this cannot happen inside of your organization in the future. These are two big stories, the Astros and the Angels, that Major League Baseball is going to have to investigate, deal with, and rule on in some way in 2020. And uh, that's what makes that our seventh biggest story of the year, 2019. Our sixth biggest story of 2019, sports gambling continues to grow in the U.S. I feel like this is on our list every year now for the last few years. We're now more than a year into a world where legal sports betting in the United States is possible. We remember in 2018, uh, the Supreme Court struck down the federal law banning single-game wagering. Each state can now set its own rules for online sports betting unless Congress passes a new law. That appears unlikely at this point, but not impossible. So here are the states where sports gambling in the U.S. is now legal. New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Indiana, Nevada, Iowa, West Virginia, Rhode Island, Mississippi, Oregon, New Hampshire, Illinois, and Tennessee. 42 states are moving towards legalized sports betting. U.S. sports betting is expected to grow to $8 billion by 2025. Hmm. That's up from $833 million this year. So you want to talk about an explosion in growth? And what we've said for many months on this show now, Griggs, is you're going to be able to pull out your phone. You're going to be at women's lacrosse or NBA or NFL or whatever you're watching, and you're going to be able to put down a bet on the full game. You're going to be able to place an in-game bet, whether it's on the second half, the fourth quarter. There's going to be Mm micro-wagering. There's going to be prop bets. It's going to be as easy as possible for people to bet. So some people are going to lose their minds betting. Yeah, (laughs) Other people might make a lot of money, but... If it's going to become an $8 billion industry in the U.S., and this is just sports betting. Crazy. It is ripe for huge growth. So, again, we've already seen MGM and Caesars align with the respective leagues, and you know everyone's racing to get their slice of the pie. But the one thing that's different now as opposed to a year ago when we did our show, and, and it was the number one story, is 42 states now are moving towards sports betting it's becoming commonplace to be able to place a bet if you live in the United States. And, you know, Europeans have already been able to do this for years. You can go to the grocery store and yeah. place a bet while you're in line, you know, getting your cheese. But <laughs> now you're going to have uh, venues like where the Washington uh, Wizards play. And you're going to be able to go into arenas and they're going to have little mini sports books. Yeah. And if you don't want to bet on your phone, you can just walk right up to the window and you can place a bet while you're watching the game. I think the thing that's going to make it even grow more is the the app and the f- cell phone and all this, being able to do it just sitting in the seat or sitting in your ha- house, wherever. Right. I mean, how simple it's going to be. 
And it's, I mean, look, gambling's an addicting thing, too. It's it's not going to go away. Sports is going to be around, and this is just going to keep growing because it's going to be easier. It's going to be in all 50 states at some point, I'm sure. And this is going to be, next year we'll be talking about it being $20 billion or whatever it is. It's going to be fascinating to see how it grows. Our fifth biggest story, the changing media landscape. Last year we told you streaming is coming. Well, it's here. Disney Plus has launched. Apple Plus has launched. By the way, one of my favorite shows on TV right now is The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon and Steve Carell. Just fantastic. If you haven't seen season one, this is not a paid advertisement. It it was really fantastic. And you can see why, you know, when Apple goes to market, they hire stars like this who are really good. And I retweeted uh, at SB Radio an interesting story that Variety wrote about how much these A-list stars are getting paid per episode. Mm. It's, you know, a million dollars plus yeah. per episode. Harrison Ford's going to be on a show, $1.1 <laughs> million dollars per episode. They're paying top dollar. So, you know, if you're doing a 10-episode run of a season, you're making $10 million. You know, it's the equivalent of doing a movie in some cases or, you know, it's a shorter run than doing a movie. So, it's a lot of money. Um, What's happened now, Disney Plus and Apple Plus, you already had Hulu, Amazon, Netflix. We've got pending debuts of HBO Max, NBC Peacock, and Griggs, why this relates to sports is we're going to start seeing some of these streaming services bid and probably acquire some sports content. So, for instance, uh, DirecTV, the NFL ticket that they've had for years, that deal is coming up. Is one of these streaming services going to step up and say, you know what, we want to own the NFL ticket, and you're going to have to come to our streaming service in order to get the NFL ticket? That's going to be interesting to me because um, really, if you want to be a player, like if you're Apple and you're like, we want to be in the sports space, you go out and make that one deal. All of a sudden, you got NFL and you're a player. You know, Disney, same thing. Um, but these streaming deals are only going to grow. They're loaded with lots of money, these tech companies that are trying to acquire content. Um, so that's one thing to look out for. Some other things that happened in the sports media landscape this year. Sports Illustrated was sold in May to authentic brands for a mere $110 million. There were also massive cuts to the staff and to the copy editing desk. We talked about this earlier in the year, Greg. Sad to see an iconic uh, media outlet like Sports Illustrated reduced to what it's been reduced to. It still exists. It still has the skeleton of, of what it was, but so many good people have left that publication. Remember a few years ago, Griggs, we walked through Sports Illustrated. Yeah. And now, you know, I don't even know if those offices exist anymore. It's been mm-hmm. sold a few different times. It's like, you know, a car being sold off for its parts. Players Tribune, we've done business with them on the Sports PR Summit. Uh, they were sold to Minute Media in November. That's Derek Jeter's digital publication co-founded with Jamie Messler. Jamie Messler has departed, and that looks very different now. Right. Um, ESPN really returned to doing highlights, staying away from politics. Uh, they got rid of some reporters that went outside of those lines a little mm-hmm. bit, some of who were friends of ours. 
Um, but they certainly made a concerted effort to remain within the lines of the game and not go into social commentary and to things of that nature. And their ratings have bounced back. So I guess if you're a fan of ESPN, what the listeners and the viewers have said is stick to sports. And, yeah. you know, there are other platforms where you can get the, the non-sports take. Um, I'm not a stick to sports advocate, but for, I guess their advertisers and their audience and their executives, they decided that we want to show highlights, we want to show live games, and, you know, we want to keep the focus on the field and not off the field. So that's been interesting to watch. Yeah, I think the streaming is fascinating to me because, like you, you were talking about with Apple Plus and, and the NFL Sunday ticket coming up for renewal or, you know, going somewhere else, that's the fun stuff for me is seeing where these sports entities end up because streaming's great. I mean, it's so cool you can watch anything on your phone. You can put it on your iPad. You can go in the room. You can move around. You can do whatever you want and see the game or whatever you're watching wherever you want, which is awesome. And, you know, even like us flying across to, to New York, you know, yeah. you've downloaded a couple shows, you're watching. I'm downloading this watching. I mean, there's so many more, you know, potential and capabilities of seeing the shows you want wherever you want. So I think when as sports grows more into that and you can watch your football game wherever you want and your favorite team and wherever you're at, you can watch it. It's going to be uh, fascinating. We'll be on our screens even more, but <laughs> it's going to be cool. It'll be interesting to see where it all ends up. By the way, I love HBO. Long time uh, HBO on demand subscriber. Cannot wait until January 19th when my favorite show of all time, Curb Your Enthusiasm, <laughs> yeah. returns. Larry David is the best. Um, but memo to anyone listening who may work at HBO, can you please allow us to download the episodes to our phone so we can watch on the plane? And that's one of the things I love about Apple Plus yeah. is when we were going to New York, I want to download Morning Show and I watched For All Mankind. And I was able to download both of those and watch them on the plane. HBO doesn't allow you to download the shows you have to be on Wi-Fi and streaming yeah. in order to access it. So HBO, come on, work with us here. Times are changing. Let us download the shows. Let us watch on the airplane. Watch when we're not in Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's that's got to change. Um, and then the other thing that's going to be interesting on this changing media landscape bubble, and the NBA has already kind of gone this way is at some point, Griggs, and I think this is the future of sports consumption, is everything's moving to a la carte, right? So you can, like for me, I stream. I have Disney+, Plus, I have HBO, I have Apple+, Plus, I have YouTube TV. Those are my streaming platforms. If I decide at any time I want to get rid of them, I can't. I'm not locked into a two-year contract with right. Comcast or anything like that. I am in charge of programming my own TV network and what I want to watch. With sports, what's going to happen is you're going to be able to order a whole season. You're going to order a whole season just for your favorite team. You're going to be able to order just one game. Or you're going to be able to microcast and order just one quarter. Hey, I have a bet on this NBA game, and I want to tune in and watch the fourth quarter and see if I win my bet. I'm going to pay $1.99 to watch the fourth quarter. <laughs> I truly believe that's where we're headed with all sports where the viewer is in charge of what you want to consume, whether it's a full season, one game, one quarter. But that's where we're headed. Yeah. And I think these leagues are going to offer it up in a number of different ways. And the NBA is already doing this. And it's interesting to see how uh, things are working out for them. But that's where I think everything is going. All right. Our fourth biggest story of the year 2019, the U.S. women win 
the World Cup. And this was a big moment. I loved watching this with my daughter who plays soccer. Uh, she's going to be 15 next month. And in addition to watching the women compete their rear ends off and win against the best in the world, they're also doing it with a backdrop of they're fighting for equal pay. They're not making as much as the men. They're producing better results than the men. And I'm not going to go into this whole argument again, but I'll break it down for you this way. I've said this many times on Sports Business Radio. I think the U.S. women's national team deserves to be paid more money than the U.S. men's national team. The women have had far more success on the pitch than the men, and they've achieved the success with a fraction of the resources that the men's team has had. I highly recommend that you go back and listen to my October 1st interview with Megan Klingenberg, who has played on the U.S. women's national team, currently plays for the Portland Thorns of the NWSL, a pro sports league for women in the United States. She has educated and intelligent arguments for why U.S. women's national team members should receive higher pay. Lots of people have made arguments. Megan has done it from the front lines. So I'm not going to sit here and try and outline everything in our year-end show, but if you go back and listen to that October 1st podcast with her, she really does an eloquent job of outlining all the issues and making the argument. But Griggs, here's the thing to pay attention to. In May of 2020... The U.S. women's national team will be in trial. Like the the trial starts against the U.S. Soccer Federation. And we're going to see, do they win that trial? Will it be a landmark moment for them where they do receive equal or greater pay to the men? I'm hoping they do for my daughter, for them. And I just think it's the right thing to do. No, I totally agree. And first off, watching them play is fascinating. What a great World Cup run for them. And yeah, we were, I was talking about how the Masters was my favorite sports, you know, of the year, event of the year, but the World Cup's right behind it. I mean, that was just awesome to see them come together and they just play so well together and work so well together. And I think that's going to take it to the court too. I think that's going to be the vibe of the court. I think it's going to, I really hope it comes out for them too, because it's, they need, they need, progression in this. We all need to see this start moving the way it's supposed to move. So I'm hoping that uh, with the team effort and them working together, this can start to change. Well, and they're champions. Yeah. They deliver the goods. They produced championship results, not just this year, but in many years past. They've had far more success than the men's national team. And they have a fraction of the resources that the men's national team has. It is more then reasonable for them to ask for equal pay. And like I said, I think they should be paid more than the men. All right, when we come back, our top three sports business stories of 2019, you're listening to Sports Business Radio. I can't tell you how many times over the years on Sports Business Radio that a PR person is asked to listen in on my interviews with their CEO, GM, coach, or athlete. They also want to call us in our studio so that we don't have the phone number of the high-profile person who is calling us for our interview. Blinder has developed a technology that solves these issues that have existed for years. Use Blinder's unique technology to connect your athlete, coach, or executive's personal phone for any interview without sharing their private information. Remotely control the phone interviews. Set start and finish times, monitor online or with the Blinder mobile app, and listen to a recording of the call at any time for complete peace of mind. With Blinder, you're finally in control. The system works globally from any phone line, 
Scheduling a call takes seconds. Customizable push notifications ensure a connection, and no one needs to download anything to make or receive a call. PR people everywhere should be using this helpful technology. Blinder is now the technology we use for the official guest line for Sports Business Radio. Learn how to start your free trial by visiting blinderhq.com backslash sbradio. Now we're talking. We are back. Happy holidays from all of us at Sports Business Radio, our top three sports business stories of 2019. Number three, Nike and Under Armour see their CEOs resign on the same exact day, October 22nd, 2019. Nike CEO Mark Parker stepped down from his position as CEO, and he'll be replaced January 13th by John Donahoe, who uh, is the former eBay CEO. Then Kevin Plank, who steered Under Armour from a basement startup and turned it into a $5.2 billion global brand, announced that he's going to step down at the end of this year, so just in a few weeks. And some people may go, oh, great runs for Mark Parker and Kevin Plank. But guess what, Griggs? As we always say, Read the tea leaves, because if you read the tea leaves, there might be some big controversies coming to both Nike and Under Armour, and are Mark Parker and Kevin Plank getting out before the you-know-what hits the fan completely? And so, frankly, the companies can say, well, this happened under their leadership, right? If you look at what happened at Nike this year, uh, we've alluded to this on the show, but Alberto Salazar was banned for four years. Nike shut down the Oregon Running Project. But guess what, Griggs? They decided to keep the Alberto Salazar building on campus open, kept his name on it, unlike what they did with the Joe Paterno building, the Lance Armstrong building. And women protested at Nike in an employee-led protest. This never happened at Nike campus. And that was in November. That made news. I think there are some ugly days ahead for Nike. As I've said many times on the show, I served as a consultant to Nike for 11 years. Uh, I know where some of the bodies are buried. <laughs> I know where some of the skeletons are. And I think this Alberto Salazar story is the tip of the iceberg. I'm not going to speculate further, um, but I do think... 2020 could be a damaging year for Nike. So it's something that you want to keep your eye on. And this isn't just, a, oh, they're changing CEOs. Farewell, Mark Parker. And, you know, the whole statement of, well, Mark Parker's still going to be involved. And yeah. John Donahoe is really tech savvy. And he's going to take us into the you know new generation of tech and blah. I'm not buying any of it. No. If you look at Under Armour... I think their problems are even bigger because they are the subject of a federal investigation by the Department of Justice and the SEC. Hmm. Griggs, when you're being investigated by the DOJ (laughs) and the SEC, that is never a good thing. Why are they being investigated? Because of their accounting practices. And it's trying to be determined if the sportswear maker shifted sales from one quarter to another in an effort to appear 
healthier. Mm. Cooking the books? Yep. Never a good thing, especially for a high-profile company like Under Armour. There has been much written about the declining sales for Under Armour. And, you know, it's interesting. They have Tom Brady. They have Steph Curry. They have some pretty prominent athletes, Jordan Spieth. But the sales haven't equated to what they had hoped. Um, they have been a distant third behind Nike and Adidas. Yeah. And now you're looking at this big investigation by the DOJ and the SEC. It could also get real ugly for Under Armour. And is Kevin Plank leaving and distancing himself now so either someone else is the fall person or, you know, at the very least, Under Armour can say, well, Kevin Plank was the captain of this ship and he's no longer the captain, so we're addressing this going forward. Mm -hmm. But this is stuff where, like, you go to jail for cooking the books and the DOJ and the SEC investigating you. This isn't just a, oh, do better going forward. (laughs) Be a good boy in the future. This is, no, we're taking you to jail for a while. And that's a story that's worth paying attention to. Yeah, and it's just, as we've talked about, too, the more companies, especially, to make money, the more they make the more controversy comes with it because people are covering this, people are trying to get a piece of the pie in the company, and we've seen it with, you know, all kinds of corporations, and now we're, you know, in these uh, apparel, Nike and Adi- or N- Nike and Under Armour at the top of it. So, yeah, and you're right. When you get government investigating, then you're <laughs> that's never a good look. And uh, also when your top guys just, you know, resign at the same day, is also not a good look. So very interesting to see where this goes in 2020 for sure. Pay very close attention to Nike and to Under Armour and to their businesses in 2020. That's what I will tell you. Our second biggest sports business story of 2019. This has the ability to be landscape changing and shifting in so many ways. But California passed a law allowing California college athletes to be paid for their likeness. And then the NCAA and its member schools said that... They approve this and that they're going to change things by January 1st, 2023. So what does this mean? It doesn't mean, Griggs, that players are going to get a paycheck for playing a college sport. What it means is if you're Zion Williamson and an endorser, a big company, uh, Gatorade, Jordan Brand, someone like that comes along and says, we want to do commercials with you and use your name and likeness and image for commercials you can now accept money for doing that. So is the, you know, 13th player on the lacrosse team in college going to get a name and likeness deal? Probably not. But is the prominent basketball player or football player or, you know, uh, women's softball player, women's basketball player potentially going to get a name and likeness endorsement deal? Could be. And this law would allow for that to happen. Um some people think this is the beginning of the end for the NCAA, right? How do you regulate this? How do you maintain amateurism? How do you rule over 1,100 member schools encompassing nearly 500,000 athletes? That's really hard to do. And if everyone's out there, let's say that you're Zion. Do you hire an agent? Can your agent actively look for these endorsement deals when you're in college and you're at Duke and you've got a big, you know, name? Are you going to be able to get money for your jerseys that are selling in the Duke bookstore and all over the country? This is going to be landscape shifting going forward too. Yeah, and I think this is something that, 
you know, we've always talked about, is this going to happen someday? Right. And I think this is kind of like the door handle is finally turned and we've got a little crack in the door. Like it's kind of getting the ball rolling and it's not, you know, full, like you said, it's not full endorsement. Every athlete gets a paycheck, but it is something that's going to move that forward. So this is, this is fascinating to me because like you said, how do you govern all these athletes and how do you make it, you know, agents and all this stuff. So that'll be really interesting to see how it works out. And, uh, but I think it's, it's moving towards the direction of getting these uh, college kids paid more. A few more things about this. So governor Gavin Newsom from California, when he signed this bill, this historic bill, he did it on LeBron James's the shop. And, you know, LeBron never played college basketball, but he has been anti NCAA pro-athlete. It was interesting how the announcement was made. We talked about that earlier in the year when that happened. When California signed this into law, then states like New York and Pennsylvania have also put bills on the docket. Other states are preparing for this. The NCAA had no choice but to come out and say, all right, we're on board with this. But the problem is they didn't say, like, what is this specifically going to look like? They knew they were going to get crushed if they continued to oppose this. So they said, all right, we're going to change with the times. But still, as we sit here today, no one knows exactly what that looks like. So this has a little bit of uh, uncharted territory in it. We'll see what it looks like. But, you know, two things to watch for. One, who are the athletes that are going to kind of be the trailblazers here with, hey, this was the first athlete to go get paid for his or her name and likeness in college. And then the other thing is, what does this ultimately look like from the NCAA's point of view? And does the NCAA even exist in five or ten years from now? Those are the things you should keep your eyes on going forward. I thought it was interesting, too, how LeBron jumped in on this, too. He was yeah. really vocal on it. And, like, interesting, too, that he never played college ball. Right. But still has such an interest. And his obviously his platform and his followers, I mean, he really got a lot of buzz around it. So that well, was interesting, too. I think one of the reasons, and look, I, I'm not a huge LeBron supporter, but I can see why he jumped in on this. Sure, and yeah. I think it's because he didn't go to college in large part because he knew that he'd be Zion. Right. He, he would be used <laughs> by the NCAA. Sure. He would have unrealized millions of dollars for playing NCAA basketball when he could go right from high school at that time to the NBA and realize those millions instantly with Nike and with other endorsement deals. So he basically said, I have a market value. I'm going to embrace my market value today instead of going to college, Ohio State or wherever, for a year. And athletes now aren't able to do that. So they have that unrealized potential. Will this help them realize some of it? So, But the biggest confusing part of this, and I want to say this to our audience, is this law does not mean that players are going to clock in and get paid for playing a college sport. That is not what this law is. This is only for the elite players who can cash in on making money off of their name and likeness. So understand that. This is not, you know, I read all these articles and hear all these people on talk shows, oh my God, college athletes are going to be paid. That's not what this is. This is only the elite who can cash in on their name and likeness. All right. Our top sports business story of 2019. The tweet heard round the world. October 4th, 2019. Pretty, you know, unassuming tweet. So thought Daryl Morey, the Houston Rockets GM. 
he puts out a tweet. It says, fight for freedom, stand with Hong Kong. Wow, Griggs. You know, we talk so many times about the power of social media on this show and the impact it can have. And it's more than just your, you know, followers consuming what you put out there on social media. This had a ripple effect, unlike any post I've ever seen on on social media. And we broke this down in great detail on our show, so we're not going to get into it too much here. But essentially, after that tweet goes out, the people of China and the government and CCTV immediately distanced themselves from the NBA and the Rockets. And this is on the heels of the NBA sending the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets to China. So you're going into the eye of the storm, so to speak. Adam Silver is going into the eye of the storm, and it had a ripple effect. And the ripple effect was worth substantial losses to the NBA financially. This according to Adam Silver at a Time 100 Summit event in New York earlier in the year. He also said the Chinese government wanted him to fire Daryl Morey for this tweet, which he didn't do and hasn't done. Maury hasn't even been reprimanded. Um, and then CCTV cut off NBA games. They have still cut off Rockets games. The Rockets have lost a reported $20 million in sponsorships. And the owner of the Rockets distanced himself from Daryl Morey minutes after that tweet saying, his tweet does not reflect the thoughts of the Rockets organization and da-da-da-da, even though I would guess that Adam Silver said, guess what, owner of the Rockets, Tillman Fertitta, you cannot fire Daryl Morey because our league is about free speech. We have players who step outside the lines all the time and speak freely on social issues. This is another one of those times. And yes, it has serious ramifications for our business that could result in billions of dollars of money being lost, but we're not about to allow our players to speak out on social issues and have freedom of speech and then come down on Daryl Morey because he did the same thing. It's been a very political, complex time, but it's the number one story because it had a ripple effect. It literally got U.S. politicians involved Mm -hmm. who were, you know, on the NBA. How could you come out and, you know, be this way? You need to not kowtow to China is essentially what they said, but it transcended sports and it became a huge story politically, socially, in the media, and then with the NBA. Another reminder of the power of uh, social media, right? I mean, I'd never seen, when that tweet came out, I'd never seen so many like screenshots and retweets. I mean, everybody just went, it caught fire instantly. Right. Like it was, it was out all over the place. And, you know, LeBron jumped in on that one again too. And I mean, it's just, it's crazy how just one little message that you send out can be our top number story. I mean, and it's still going. I mean, obviously this is going to be something that continues. Well, so one of the things that's interesting and, and, you know, people have said, what's the fallout to this? Okay. So the fallout is, They've lost substantial amounts of money, according to Adam Silver. The Rockets have lost substantial amounts of money uh, from sponsors. Yeah. You have CCTV, who removes the NBA for a while, and now the Rockets from their TV waves. And keep in mind, China is the second biggest economy on Earth. They have six times as many people as the United States. 
it is an important market for the NBA. They've put lots of time, money, and resources into the Chinese market. They had a great partnership with former Houston Rockets player Yao Ming, right. who is the chairman and CEO of the Chinese uh, Basketball Association. Yao Ming was reportedly very offended by the comments made by Daryl Morey or the fact that they were made on Twitter and not behind closed doors. Um, you said LeBron James stepped out and you know he got crushed for his comments. So this has had so many ripple effects. But the biggest ripple effect, and we don't know if it's tied directly to what happened in China or not, Griggs, TV ratings for the NBA are down sharply this season. ESPN ratings are down 19%. TNT, they're down 22%. And this is bad news because the NBA's national TV partners are on the hook for $2.7 billion per year Hmm. through 2024-25. Now, and I'll let you weigh in in a minute, but is it because of a loss of big audience in China is it because a lot of the big stars are out? Steph is out. Clay Thompson is out. Kevin Durant is out. Zion is out. Is it because the season is too long and the NBA is trying to address that? They sent a proposal reportedly to NBA teams this week saying let's reduce to 78 games. Let's have an in-season tournament that has a payout of $1 million per player. Does the NBA need to freshen things up? They've talked about going to a 78-game regular season, an in-season tournament, $1 million per player. Griggs, Adam Silver is a very innovative commissioner, and the league understands TV ratings are down. We have damaged relations in China. The younger viewer who's only microcasting the fourth quarter of games or watching highlights on social media People aren't consuming the NBA the way that they used to. Things are changing, and I think the NBA is trying to figure out what's the recipe to engage consumers. Yeah, I think you hit on those top two ones. I think China definitely plays a role, this whole story with ratings being down. But I think it is uh, the teams being changed and a lot of the stars being out this year. I think that obviously plays a role into it. And then that last thing you said, too about the younger audience doesn't sit and watch a two and a half hour game. They right. watch the last, they watch the Instagram post, you know, or the highlights from here. And all these teams are doing so much on social. You can do it. You can watch the three minute highlight video they post and there's your game. That's all you need to know. Well, and this is why we talked about this with Marianne Turk, the COO of the NFL. I think it's unfair to measure total audience by just TV ratings right. because people are watching on social. They're watching highlights in other areas that are shorter than the full game. You cannot measure full engagement by just what's, you know, who's watching on TV. That's archaic. How many people are streaming? How many people are engaging on social media? Those metrics are harder. And, but you have to factor them in because some people, that's how they're watching. They're, they're microcasting or they're not watching the full game. But I think it's smart of Adam Silver and the NBA and the owners to try and figure out what is the recipe. I'm not sure this in-season tournament makes sense because look, To go to 78 games, all you're doing is shaving four games off the schedule. Now you're going to an in-season tournament where you're basically going to replace those four games anyways. Yeah. I understand it's going to be different. It's going to add some excitement. It could mean a playoff spot. Uh, you know, we saw what Major League Baseball did with the wild card several years ago and that, you know, created some new innovations for them. And I get it. I just think the NBA season is too long to begin with. I'd go down to 60 games. 
and I would do an in-season tournament. But I think what Major League Baseball with 162 games, the NBA with 82 games, the NHL, they're all going to learn this next generation coming up, my 15-year-old daughter, your son, you're not going to sit and watch a game for three hours. No. So how are you going to reach them? And it's a conundrum because you've got the live experience, and Marianne Turk talked about that. The NFL doesn't want to sacrifice the live experience. They want people at the venue. Mm -hmm. But then you also want people to engage in some way, shape, or form. Is it broadcast TV? Is it streaming? Is it social media? Is it at a community event? How can they get you engaged with their product? That's the challenge that all of these leagues are going to face. But our number one story of the year is the tweet heard around the world by Daryl Morey on October 4th, 2019, and the ripple effect it had on the NBA the Houston Rockets, the United States relations with China, TV ratings for the NBA, and so many other things that we don't even know about yet because the damage has not been fully repaired. What's going to happen next summer when the NBA stars go to China on their shoe tours? How are they going to be received? Are they even going to be welcome? Are they going to feel safe? What's that going to look like? Because we haven't seen that yet. And if that door is now closed... Things are going to change. But I'll I'll wrap up by saying this, and I said this earlier in the year. When you have a league like the NBA who encourages free speech, and you have a country like China that is communist and controls what you receive from the media, how did you not think this was going to bubble up at some point? Two polar opposite viewpoints, free speech, we're going to tell you what you can hear, And it came to a head with this one tweet in 2019. When we come back, we're going to look back on some of our favorite interviews of 2019. We're also going to tell you what we're looking ahead towards in 2020. You're listening to Sports Business Radio. I know many of our Sports Business Radio listeners and my friends with pro sports teams fly by private or charter plane. So let me offer you the scattering report that will save you time and money. When flying into or out of New York City, there can often be long delays. That's why you want to fly into the brand new, pristine Republic Jet Center, located in Farmingdale, New York. That's just 30 minutes outside of New York City, making it the airport with the fastest time into Manhattan. Don't get caught up in delays flying into Teterboro or White Plains. Choose Republic Jet Center, and you'll experience all the reasons why you chose to fly privately. Republic Jet Center is a full-service, signature-select FBO that delivers an unparalleled level of customer service and safety to the private and charter jet industry. Enjoy Republic Jet Center's luxurious lobby and contemporary lounge in their new 100,000-square-foot facility. The concierge staff will gladly assist you with making any reservations you need while you're in New York City, from ground transportation arrangements, dining reservations, or even helping you with chartering a helicopter flight to Manhattan or the Hamptons. That'd be nice. Their comprehensive white glove FBO service and premier affiliations are compelling reasons why aircraft owners and operators benefit from selecting Republic Jet Center. Whenever I fly private in or out of New York City for the Sports PR Summit or the Sports Business Radio Roadshow, I now have a terrific new option, Republic Jet Center. For more information, visit RepublicJetCenter.com or call them at 631-881-9520. Follow them on Twitter at Republic Jet Center, and that's C-T-R for center, or on Instagram at Republic Jet Center. 
Republic Jet Center, the official private airport partner of Sports Business Radio and the Sports PR Summit. We are back for our final segment of 2019. Happy holidays. I'm joined in studio by executive producer Brian Griggs and by my daughter, Sophia Berger. Sophia, how are you? Good, how are you? Good, thanks for being here in studio with us. This is the real boss right here. Oh yeah, definitely. She's the manager for yep. uh, Griggs and his musical group, Pantatonics. yes. And, um, uh, they have yet to perform, but hopefully in 2020 we will finally have our debut. You've yeah. heard of Pentatonix. This is the the this rip is, off. Uh, Pentatonix. Yes, it's been We're, a big disappointment so far. Um, yeah. no, it has been a disappointment. I am the manager, and as the manager, I have done everything in my power to make them come together and practice, and they just won't. Griggs does a mean beatbox. Uh, oh and, yeah, and has some good. Uh, you know, lyrical ability. Brad Kinzer, our photographer, was the other part well, of Well, I'm really not sure what he does, but, you know, that's okay. Well, this started in 2017 when the four of us went to New oh, York, yes. and it had great hopes. I even, you know, was going to talk to Peter O'Reilly, our I friend mean, at the I NFL, really, about the yeah, halftime show. Yeah, halftime show. Yeah, but if you guys can't even get one gig together to let anyone hear what you sound like, then how how am I supposed to bring that to Peter O'Reilly? Well, you know, I think it all started because I was listening to Pentatonics the entire time, and then you guys just made a band. Yeah. All right. Pentatonics. Well, so that's on the to-do list for 2020, but I want to reflect for a moment on 2019, and Griggs, uh, take the mic here. I'm back. This was a year where every single week on Sports Business Radio, it seemed like we had an A-lister. Oh, yeah. And it was one of my favorite years. I mean, look. We're heading into year 16 in 2020. If you're just finding us, we've been around 16 years. So I invite you to go to Sports Business Radio on iTunes and go through our lengthy archives. And you can hear, you know, lots of big names. But this year, it just seemed like this was the biggest year. Uh, Damian Lillard, right after he signed his four-year $191 million Supermax, came on with us. And, you know, he took us inside his... Uh, music producing and inside what he does in the community. And so many people heard a different side of Damian Lillard. We did that from his basketball camp. It's become our most downloaded interview in the 16-year history of Sports Business Radio. Jeannie Buss, we sat down with her in person at our road show presented by Boingo in Los Angeles at my alma mater, Loyola Marymount. That, we wake up the next day. The sound bites from that are on ESPN first take. They're on yep. Fox Sports 1. Um, so what people say on our show make headlines on other platforms. Alex Honnold, who uh, is part of the Academy Award winning movie Free Solo, and maybe the most remarkable athlete I've ever seen. I mean, yeah. as we discussed, if you make a bad play, you live to tell about it. If Alex Honnold <laughs> makes a mistake free soloing, he's dead. There is no margin for error. And one of the reasons I do this show is I love, from a psychological standpoint, to climb inside the mind of genius. And to climb inside of his mind for 45 minutes, Griggs. It's awesome. It was incredible. If you want to hear how a different mind thinks, I encourage you to listen to the Alex Honnold interview. A brilliant mind someone who thinks very differently than you and I do, and who has to calculate perfection. You're not planning for average. You're not planning for great. You have to plan for perfection or you die. 
it was an incredible movie, and having him on was great. Tim Howard, who played his last year on the pitch this year. Captain America, the greatest U.S. goalie we've ever seen. He joined us. He's battled Tourette syndrome for years. Talked about what he's done to help people with Tourette's. He was someone that I've looked up to for a long time, and we had him on. Rick Welts, the president of the Warriors. Megan Klingenberg, we talked about earlier. Marianne Turk, who runs the business of the NFL. Maria Taylor, she is maybe the fastest rising star in sports media right now. Her ascent at ESPN is incredible to watch with Get Up and Game Day and all she's doing. C.J. McCollum, Kevin Harvick, uh, Jeff Kearney, who runs sports marketing for Gatorade. Griggs, the list goes on and on, but yeah. I was fascinated to climb inside of some brilliant minds. I hope that our audience enjoyed hearing from those experts or those people who are at the top of their industry as much as we did. And again, the thing that makes this show special is your ability to interview is fascinating and really well done and documented throughout the years, but you get these players and these people to talk and tell stuff that you're not going to hear anywhere else. You don't hear it on ESPN. You don't hear it on Fox. And that's, I think, what is keeps people coming back because you're getting insight to these people's and these players' minds that you just don't hear. And you get to know them. You get to see the other side, like Dame, talking about his, his kid and his hip-hop career and everything else that he's doing outside of just hoops, which is where everybody else talks about. So I think... um yeah, fascinating interviews. We got to go out and do a lot of road shows. We got to go out in person with Dame, in person with CJ. That's fun, too. Get us out of the studio. Get to know these guys in their element, which is fun, too. So I, it was a great year of interviews, and, I mean, we've got some fun stuff planned for 2020, too. We do. We have some big stuff ahead for 2020. We will talk about it more in January. We'll announce some some big things ahead. Uh, we did tweet out, so I'll put it out there. We will be in Chicago Yeah, for NBA All-Star. And we have a big road show presented by Kemper Lesnick that is lined up for February 13th. We will reveal the guest or potentially guests mm. for that show in January. Very excited about that. Um, but yeah, we, we've got some big things planned for 2020. We're going to build on this year. The greatest favor you can do for us is downloading the Sports Business Radio podcast, subscribing on iTunes or Spotify. Please give us a review and, you know, I'm not saying give us a five star, be honest, but there are some people out there, the people who, the trolls as I call them, that, that like to give the one star reviews or just the one star rating. Come on. I mean, <laughs> are we not better than a one star? <laughs> we are. I, I think we're better than a one star. And, you know, hey, look, I'm a, a big boy and when you're on social media and when you're verified and when you or a little bit of a public platform, you know, people are going to take their shots or whatever. But if you enjoyed the interviews on the show and you enjoyed this platform, let us hear from you. We love hearing from people on Twitter at SB Radio, on Instagram at Sports Business Radio, or like I said, rate and review and subscribe to our podcast. Griggs, ahead for 2020. You are a big Olympics guy. You love the Olympics. You love the World yeah. Cup. So you're going to be excited that Tokyo 2020... July 24 mm-hmm. to August 9th, Summer Olympics. Yeah, You're going to be up all night with your <laughs> yeah. wife and your son. You're going to come into the studio tired because yep. you're going to be watching Olympic Games 
on NBC. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a story that will be amongst the biggest of 2020. Yeah, you're right. I just love it. I love just, I don't know, something about it is just appealing. So I'm definitely in for the Olympics. Um, I also was going to mention just, I love watching the Baltimore Ravens play football right now. Yeah. I Lamar mean, Jackson. Lamar is just next level. And Patrick He's Mahomes, captivating. It's like video game stuff. Yeah. So I'm excited to see. I'd love to have a Baltimore yeah. Super Bowl just because well, I think I that'd be Well, I want Baltimore, epic. Kansas City, AFC Championship. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, come on. That that is exciting to me because I love how those two, especially, have changed NFL and uh, just wa- it's just fun. It's fun to watch. So I'm excited to see where that goes. And um, yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's uh, 2020 is gonna be great. But yeah, Olympics definitely. Dial We're in. gonna bring Sophia Berger back in here for a minute. Sophia, your biggest story of 2020. What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm really looking forward to the equal pay trial. You are. And you've you've studied this in school and you followed it closely. You've researched it on your own. Uh, What does this mean to you as a 15-year-old who plays soccer and watches, you know, some of, you've looked at Alex Morgan, you've met her, you've met Megan Klingenberg. What does it mean to you for them to be fighting for equal pay? Well, no matter where it is, it's not necessarily just sports, but I think women deserve to be equal pay because they do the same amount of work. Okay, good. Uh, what else are you looking forward to in, in 2020? Um, I'm looking forward to maybe getting my driver's permit. Ooh. Stay off the roads, everyone in Oregon! Hey, that's rude. And what else are you going to be doing come springtime? I'm joining the golf team. And I am a very proud daddy about that. Very, um, very proud. Took some convincing. It did. So here's the deal, listeners. Oh, no. So I sent a note to Sophia's high school uh, golf, golf coach. coach, but turns out he's also my counselor. Right. And in the middle of one of my classes, he sent me a flyer that had all the information for golf. And my teacher said, hello, is Sophia Berger here? And I said, yes. And he goes, here's your golf flyer. Now, if you're a high schooler, you know, golf isn't necessarily the most popular sport. And everyone laughed. And it's all because of my dad. Well, so here's the moral of the story. Become friends with a coach who is also your daughter or son's counselor, so then they can become part of the the full court press to get your child to... I mean, it's really great, honestly. He will send me a flyer every once in a while, and when I went to go talk to him about my schedule, he brought up how I should really join the golf team, even though I was thinking about joining lacrosse. But, you know, I finally gave in to golf, and that's what I'm doing. Well, and let's admit it. You've got some skills on the golf course. I mean, so you've, kind of. you've got potential, and let's see where it goes, but I'm excited to watch Sophia Berger on the golf links in 2020. And look, there need to be more girls and women out there playing golf, and, and this will be a great opportunity for you. What else did you get to do this summer, real quickly, that uh, was groundbreaking for you? Where did we go uh, that meant a lot to you? Uh, we went to Washington, D.C., and we got to sit in the Supreme Court, and we got to go look at Georgetown and Georgetown Law. And you stood in front of Abe Lincoln, the Lincoln Memorial, and yeah, yeah. that that was a, a pretty uh, big trip for you. All right, Sophia Berger, what do you want to tell our listeners? 
Happy holidays and happy new year. And Brian Griggs uh, will bring you back on the mic as well. Uh, we'll finish with a few things coming up for 2020. Major League Baseball wants to reportedly get rid of some minor league teams. Mm-hmm. MLB versus MILB. Pay attention to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing to pay attention to, as we said earlier, Houston Astros and the Los Angeles Angels. What kind of punishment do they get? And then Nike and Under Armour. What happens with them? Is there anything else in 2020 that's on your radar? Or is there just something that you want to see happen uh, as a fan? You know, I lo- I wouldn't mind seeing Tiger competing again. Okay. Uh, and actually, I was excited with the, the uh, President's Cup, too having uh, the US come back with Tiger leading the the front. So I think Tiger's going to have a good year in golf and I'm always I'm always, I'm in. I mean, I love watching the majors and even the non-majors. So uh excited to see if Tiger can come back and play some good golf. Okay. I would like to see the torch passed in the NFL. I want to see Lamar or Patrick Mahomes yeah. win. If they don't win, I'd like Drew Brees to get one more. For sure. In the Super Bowl. Um I want to have Shaq on this show. <laughs> yeah. So we have talked about how many guests we've had on this show in the last 16 years? And there's not many left that are on the list of, you know, here's the Mount Rushmore of people that I want to have on this show. Shaq is one. I met him the day he was drafted in 1992. And I want to have him on and I want to post the Burger and Shaq picture from 1992 yeah. with the Burger and Shaq present day picture. Sure. But Shaq is such a savvy business guy. He's done so much with Papa John's, and obviously he's done great work with uh, NBA on TNT. But one way or another, <laughs> Shaq is on my target list I like it. for this year. Um, we'll see. Like we said, we're going to be at NBA All-Star. You never know who might be on the show with us at NBA All-Star. Um, Griggs. Phenomenal work as always. You know, hopefully I tell you this enough, but you are the best at what you do. Thanks. You make this show sound amazing. Um, and you know, I appreciate your friendship. Oh yeah. We've been doing this for a long time. We travel together. We have fun together when we're traveling. For you know, sure, I, yeah. I value you and you know, this show would not exist in its current form and it just it wouldn't be possible without you. So thank you. Thank you, and we have a lot of fun. I do. Uh, I mean, you've got me out of the studio. So thanks for introducing me to New York and Miami and Chicago coming up. So I mean, I'm seeing cities that I wouldn't see without you. So yeah. I appreciate it. No, I, and our friendship's great. And it's been a lot of fun, and I, I look forward to another year of hanging out and having some good memories and uh, eating some good food for sure. All right. So you heard greetings from Griggs, greetings from my daughter Sophia Berger, and let me send you holiday greetings for 2019. Happy holidays to you. Happy New Year. I hope 2020 is the best year yet for you. We look forward to being with you every week in 2020 and bringing you more, hopefully, phenomenal interviews that you enjoy. Happy holidays from all of us here at Sports Business Radio. This and every SBR podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and your favorite listening app. Follow Sports Business Radio on Facebook, Twitter at SB Radio, Instagram at Sports Business Radio, and online at sportsbusinessradio.com.